It's amazing to me that she walked into the operating room. It seems like a pretty badass move to walk into your own operating room. <laughs> Let's do this. Hello, I'm Justin. I'm Mark. We're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Today we're going to talk about one massive update, and I will immediately throw it over to you, Mark. So take it away, sir. We finally have a baby. Well, Medito, congratulations. Round of applause. I haven't said it till now, but we decided to name him Coda. K-O-D-A. The big name reveal, Coda Kern. He's on the scene. That's good. Uh, as of this recording right now, when was the baby born? Two days ago. It's okay. What is it? Saturday. So he was born Thursday, in the yeah. uh, in the afternoon, like three, three thirty ish. Okay, so just under forty eight hours as yep. we record now. Got- yep. Still fresh. Still got some crusties on his face. <laughs> oh wow! You got a brand spanking <laughs> new baby over there. So. I think uh, it would be nice to get the play-by-play. And, of course, you were kind of removed from it, as was I. You know, we've got still the coronavirus lockdown measures that we're contending with. So you were a little bit out of the action. But, yeah, as far as you heard, as it was relayed to you, what was the play-by-play? Yeah, uh, I got some brief play-by-plays earlier. Moe was pretty out of it yesterday, so I wasn't pushing for too many details. But today I got some some good stuff. And uh, yeah, I guess the way it worked there, she walked into the operation room when they were ready. And then she was followed in by like three doctors, I guess. And there was already some in there getting ready. And then she lays down to do the uh, epidural, which is the, the shot in the back to numb the lower half of your body. And then once that was done, she said that was pretty uncomfortable, actually. And I was surprised because she says she had to curl up into a ball Mm. (laughs) and like this with this giant belly in the way. They're like, all right, bring your knees kind of up to your chest. She's like, what? (laughs) I think they're trying to trick her into giving birth naturally. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So she was like, she's like, she said she was like curled up there. And then they were like, okay, don't move even a millimeter. This will mess up if you do. <laughs> oh she's God. like, what? <laughs> That's an enormous amount of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it, it worked out all right. She didn't move at all and nobody messed up. So it was all good. But I was curious to hear like when she was going through the epidural, she said it slowly kind of just got tingly everywhere. And my assumption was that it would just be numb. You just wouldn't feel. But she said you still like there's tingling sensations and it's still kind of, you know, like something's happening. That is interesting. Is she talking waist down or? Yeah, I think it was pretty much below chest down. The doctor, she had like this really cold, wet washcloth and would put it on her shoulder and say, like, do you feel this? And she'd be like, yeah, it's cold. And then she'd mm. put it just below her chest and be like, how's this? And she's like, nope, nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Wow. Uh, just to go back a couple of steps, it's amazing to me that she walked into the operating room. It seems like a pretty badass move to walk into your own operating room. <laughs> all right, boys, let's do this. And then let's you do this. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, <laughs> like 
you sanitize your own arm, give yourself an injection, <laughs> cover yourself with a gown, lay out the knives and stuff. She cut the belly and yeah. 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 Okay. Take it away, boys. I'm fading. Um, yeah. Well, that's cool. And all that went off without a hitch, obviously. Did you get a like birth report? I know they handed me a sort of uh, printed out sheet that they had then filled in the details of the birth and it was the, the weight and the details like, um, you know, average amount of blood was lost and uh, the time right. beginning and end and all that. Did you get that sort of rundown? No, I did not. The only option I had was they were going to give me a phone call mm-hmm. and I was like, can you just not like speak very complicated when you call me? And they were like, I'm not sure if we can. So maybe <laughs> is there somebody else we can call? So uh, we had them call her dad who okay. then relayed the message to me via text message that I could then Google translate. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a good system. <laughs> yeah. It worked out well. Yeah. Everything came through. They, I guess they told him the weight and the length and all, everything was fine. And then he sent all that info to me. That's good. Cause I don't even like to get a call from the delivery man, like not the baby delivery man, but the right. guy who's trying to drop off a box in my house or something. And it's yeah. too much to handle. But I can't imagine, yeah, fielding one from the hospital. They don't call me. I think they know. <laughs> They've learned over the years, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't answer any phone calls, first of all. I'll just yeah. end it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know, like, this is not a conversation that's going to go well. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, more or less my policy. I sometimes foolishly answer and I immediately regret it. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so then... Baby news wise, did Moe give you a call right after the delivery was finished? Was she with it enough to um, text you or call you? Yeah, she was awake the whole time. She didn't get put to sleep at all after after the delivery. Um, so she had the doctors take a couple pictures of him right when he was taken out and like weighed. And then a little bit later, she was able to text me those pictures and tell me she, she and him or doing okay and everything was fine that's good then was it from that very first day you started facetiming and and that sort of thing no no that night she was out of it and like super in pain and uncomfortable so i i don't think she would have been up for any kind of facetime and that and the the nurses had taken coda away Mm. so she wasn't even with coda at that time okay and even all through the next day i guess I guess the policy here after you do a C-section is they they kind of take the kid away and give you a day to recover. And so they'll like do all the diaper changing and all the feeding and all that stuff. And then they'll just slowly bring him in to get him acquainted. And then the next day, which is today, is the first day that they are able to stay in the same room and Moe starts doing all the all the normal stuff. Okay, so things are slowly ramping up there in the hospital yeah. stay. Is that different from where you guys went? Uh, I don't know the exact structure of the sort of first day, second day, third day, and how they ramped it up. Um, I do know that uh, my wife had the, you know, C-section. She had to recover from that. So she was kind of confined to the bed for at least one day. But then they encouraged her to start getting up, um, you know, from the second day. Okay. I assume, you know, during that like one day of being confined to the bed, they must have been doing most of the legwork with the baby because she was kind of stuck there. Uh, I know they brought the baby by for some, you know, FaceTime and uh, right. 
just to, so they can see each other. But um, what about Moe's condition itself? How's she feeling and recovering? She's been in a lot of pain, I guess, but I think it's getting better. She said she finally slept through the night last night and got some really good sleep. So I think this, the pain is subsiding a little bit and or the painkillers are really kicking in. But she doesn't have the same uh, epidural for like three days that Aimi mm-hmm. had. They mm-hmm. took it out straight after the uh, after the delivery and then just put her on regular pain meds. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that must be a massive difference because my wife was in the hospital bed Mm. Uh, for a few days, yeah, with the still the needle still inserted, and there was a little bag that she had to carry around and kind of yeah. throw over her shoulder everywhere she went. I was going to ask, was that something you guys chose, or was that something the hospital said, we're going to do it this way? As best I recall, we didn't have any choice in the matter. It was just the hospital said, this is the procedure, and we went with that. At least I was never privy to any conversation about should we do like choice A or choice B. I think they just assume whatever they're going to decide is like fine with most people. Mm Because when we went, they were telling Moe initially like, all right, we're going to put the epidural in right after delivery. We take it out. You're going to go on pain meds. And then Moe was like, my friend just did it. And she was she had the epidural for three days. And then the doctor was like, oh, well, if you want that, you can do it. Mm. but it wasn't like here's your options choose yeah but as soon as she she told her about it then the doctor was like kind of like well if you really want to do it i'm okay with that uh i'm just like sort of my blanket statement about this what i would imagine to be the case is americans are for better or for worse a you know do your own research type of person (laughs) (laughs) and uh it's like, I'm going to look into my medical options and I'll make the decision. I don't care about your two decades of medical experience <laughs> and expertise. I'll decide. <laughs> and then you see how that plays out with the coronavirus response. But um, in Japan, <laughs> just with the hierarchical nature of things, I bet there is an enormous amount of trust just given to whatever the doctor in that position says. And then it's sort of, why would I even begin to question this? So yeah, I bet they do yeah. kind of, there's more go with the flow in the Japanese hospital. That's just yeah. my uh, total random guess at it. But um, what I think must be happening behind the scenes. Seems pretty spot on to me. A couple of other questions here. Uh, one thing that, you know, people asked me and that I asked of myself was what about that, dad feeling or that parental feeling or whatever that's meant to kick Uh, in when you become a father. So I'm going to throw this difficult question to you. Uh, Did you, you know, feel anything change within yourself at the moment the birth was reported to you via translated text? Uh, I don't think I had like that. I I actually still don't think I've had that parental feeling. Obviously I haven't seen them. It was Mm -hmm. more just like an intense relief Mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> like leading up to that you don't hear anything and you're just like anything could happen like you're mm-hmm. stressed out for like a two-hour period and just like mm-hmm. what's going on honestly i don't know how the people used to do it in the 50s and stuff when the guys were just like waiting in the room yeah that would stress me out man i'd want to be in there like seeing it <laughs> yeah well you sent me a message on the day that said um your stress level decreased by 50 percent yeah. <laughs> when, like, once the news came out, like, oh, it's fine, everything's good. So, what yeah. was the 50% that left and what was the 50% that remained? Um, 
I think the the remaining 50% is, oh, crap, there's a new person in my life that I have to <laughs> yeah. take care of. Yeah. And that, I don't think that stress is going to go away. Yeah. So it's like 100% left and then a new 50% just got shoveled on the top. Maybe. Like, oh, a new person. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, I felt much the same way, especially with that kind of distance in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And you're maybe one step worse off than I was because I went... Uh, as the baby was born and saw him in the incubator for about two minutes. So at least I Hmm. had some visual confirmation that there was a baby there and that he looked like he was doing fine. And I took my own pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, still, yeah, you don't have any responsibility on the first Hmm. day or for the first week. You're just waiting. And then, yeah, I feel like a lot of the instinct must come with uh, being there daily doing the routines and the tasks to keep this little yeah. kid going. And um, when you're sort of like, I don't want to say robbed of that, but when that's not part of the equation, um, it's right. hard for those things to kick in. Like there's a baby that I heard about. Now I'm a different person. Are you feeling more parental now? That's a good question. I was talking about this with someone not too long ago. And I think it's that getting into the groove of your new routine and taking on all of those responsibilities as something that must be done and is like part of your normal course of the day, to me, that's the parental instinct. Mm. Um, and if you didn't absorb all that stuff and really internalize it and think, I need to be doing this stuff, if you were still a bit like, oh, I wonder if I can get away this weekend or oh, I wonder if I can get out to this party or something, then maybe mm. you haven't done it properly or hasn't kicked in. But I think right. the parental instinct is really taking and owning the responsibility and that's me trying to like define it a bit um it other people mm-hmm. might experience it as more of a kind of ephemeral kind of thing that like i feel different now but i don't know what it would feel like to feel different you know i can't imagine what that is yeah i'm trying to quantify it as well i have no idea what to expect I think a lot of it is maybe defined from the outside. Like you look at someone Mm. as being a good mom or a good dad. And what you could recognize as the features of a good mom or a good dad is that they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing all of the time and not stepping away from it. You know, that's what a good mom and good dad are. And then, of course, you know, you should also be kind and enjoy playing with the kid and have a good attitude about it. That's another big chunk of it. But Mm. um Like there's this fundamental set of things that you have to do. And if you feel aggrieved by it, then you're not a good mom or a good dad, you know? (laughs) So in the way that I feel that uh, personally, I don't know if other people would judge me differently, but I feel that I've taken to all that stuff that I have to do. And uh, I'm not like upset that it's like my new lifestyle, you know? Right. I think that's sort of like the parental instinct to me anyway. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. How about... The looks of your kid in terms of uh, what do people report back to you or what do you think yourself? Who does your kid look like? I don't know. Honestly, um, I don't know yet. I think maybe not just not seeing him in person. Mm-hmm. I can't really think about it clearly yet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, still the first like week or so, their face kind of is, is going through like a change. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if I can notice any striking features yet. From our side in the pictures that we saw, just the handful of a few pictures there, Ayumi and I, my wife and I, we both thought, oh, this child is Moe, but like a Western looking Moe. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> that was our sense of it. And it's funny because we've got the inverse kid going on. Um, we have a Japanese looking me as well. Uh, a lot right. of people land on. But as you said, a lot of it is like, there's a massive difference if you look at the kid's face when he's lying down versus if you prop him up. Because yeah. like anyone, you know, sort of the the fat little face like sinks to the back if he's lying down or if you prop him up, it like sort of sinks downward and his cheeks fill out more and stuff like that. So you get a really different looking kid depending on his angle and uh, Mm. you know, just how you see him. And then plus he is changing so much in the first few weeks from when he was about, I guess less than an hour old, we thought that's Moe and he's got a kind of, his hair is a bit lighter. Like your hair is a bit more sand. Got my hair. And we have a kid with thick black hair from the get-go. So that's his Japanese side for sure. But occasionally I'll see him in a video or I'll see him, I don't know, make a certain face and it looks exactly like my wife's baby photos. But generally if you see him, he's got like big eyes and a big nose and that's me. Like there's just no, (laughs) there's no doubt about it. So um, yeah, it's, it changes for sure. But um, I think for right now we have Bizarro kids. Yeah, I think so. I guess Moe was saying the nurses were especially commenting that he had a big nose and oh yeah he had like big hands because mm. I mean they see a lot of babies yeah primarily Japanese kids so mm-hmm. they would know yeah we got a bit of that from the nurses um, after our kid was just born they really did notice that you know this kid is not a Japanese kid a hundred percent this kid uh-huh. is uh, a little bit different. And uh, I forget what the comments were exactly, but yeah, the, you know, the eyes were so big and um, Mm. I don't know if you've experienced this or heard about it, but I get so much uh, response about the baby, which is kakui, which means Uh, cool, right? He's a cool child. And then my sense of it is that um, most people in this country, their exposure to foreigners is movies and television. And Mm. then they see a baby who looks like, maybe the babies or the people that are in movies and on television. And then they're like, Oh, he's a little movie star. Cool. And then he gets this kind of cool label right from the beginning. Not that I'm angry about it or anything, but it's just something they say. And I don't think that Japanese kids are called cool as much as mixed kids or foreign kids are called cool. You know, it's a weird thing to call a baby. If you're talking about like, if you're just in the U S and your friends bring their baby over, you wouldn't say, Oh, he's cool. Yeah. It does sound strange. But um, that's just, that's the adjective that, that goes around here, I think, um, mm. for the, the mixed kid. Maybe the nurses are thinking you've got a little coolster there. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard any. I guess I'll have to wait until he comes home, show him around and keep my ear out, listen. Uh, how about your feeling of this time that you're not present? We've talked about it many times, but the dad will miss about a week uh, yeah. right there at the beginning. And do you have any particular feelings about the time that you're missing right now? I think I've voiced some of these feelings in the past, but it irritates me mm-hmm. <laughs> to no end that uh-huh. this stupid policy is in place. I mean, I get it, but, you know, the nurses go home, they come back. Obviously, you can make it work. <laughs> yeah. So there's got to be something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talked about it few weeks back, but I do think that if you needed to include a group of people into the 
the scheme, like of the doctors and nurses, then new fathers would be maybe the first group. Or, yeah. you know, if somebody were passing away, of course, family members, I'm sure it can go see like mm. break Corona protocols to see their loved one who's passing away at this stage yeah. of the epidemic two years on. I mean, in the beginning, it wasn't like that, but um, I'm sure they have some protocol in place. So I would just wish that they would lump new dads in with that. And it's not like you have to let the whole family in. It doesn't have to be a parade of every distant relative, but right. just the dad. Uh, yeah, I agree. Be a relatively small number of people. And they could sort yeah. it out. I just get a feeling like maybe nobody pushes back here. So for the entire time, the hospital's just been going under the assumption maybe that everybody's cool with it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe if they got a little bit of pushback, or like some nasty emails, they might be like, oh, okay, well, people want this, so we should figure it out. Yeah. And I just don't think that's happened so much. Yeah, probably not. There's probably hasn't been the motivation to rethink it. It reminds me of just a very brief story when I was trying to get a bank account in my first week in Japan back in 2006. (laughs) And in those days, these days you get your foreigner's card uh, right at the airport as soon mm-hmm. as you land, if you've applied for it and everything, they hand you the foreigner's card and you start your life you know, from the beginning with your foreigner's card. But in those days, you had to apply for it at the city office and it took six weeks to arrive. So you're mm-hmm. trying to set things up for six weeks and you don't have your identification that everybody wants. So cell phone's hard to do. Bank account's hard to do. Absolutely everything's right. hard to do. So what the city office does is they print you off like a A4 size certificate in lieu mm-hmm. of a foreigner's card saying this person's foreigner's card is on the way. So we went to the bank and showed them the certificate. And at the bank, they said, uh, we really want to get that card though. I know you've got the certificate. <laughs> it's from city hall, but it's not the same as the card. We really want to wait for the card. So my friend yeah. was with me and my friend Kustav was helping me set it up. And he said, yeah, but this certificate equals the card and city yeah. hall says so. And that's why they give it so he can do stuff like this. And the bank said, it's just against policy, though, and we really can't set up this account. So sorry, we can't do it. And Kustav said, no, the certificate <laughs> is the card. It's from city office. That's right. why they issue it. And then the bank said, OK, we'll give him an account. And I yeah. got the account. But it took like, uh, you know, three times we had to ask. And then yeah. somehow bank policy changed or crumbled. And I think there is just not like in the U S that's your number one move is just argue it. Uh, But in Japan, I think that's not on anybody's radar. And then when it comes up, it can be successful. It just never happens. Yeah. And furthermore, you're often in a situation when you're dealing with something administrative that you don't want to be in the position of arguing with them. So like with you at the hospital, you don't want to start off this, you know, one week time and this, you know, big relationship that you have with the hospital with a big complaint. So um, it's hard to do to put yourself in that position. And since I'm unable to, I'd have to put Moe in that position. Yeah. And being, you know, however months pregnant at the time. Yeah. I didn't feel like putting that stress on her. (laughs) Yeah. Not to go too far with it, but Moe's Japanese and the Japanese system and then you're asking her to apply your foreign sense of right right and wrong to what she understands a lot better than we do right that's a difficult thing but anyway yeah it would be nice if that policy changed I will say that Mm. I no longer now having a seven week old I no longer even think about that first week period because you know you've gotten so many weeks under your belt now of doing things with the kid 
And I think you'll also notice that as time goes by, some things will be your thing and some things will be Moe's thing. Like for Mm. me, I tend to bathe our kid more. And Mm. then that's, you know, one of the things that's my thing with the kid. Uh, And then you start to develop your own sort of areas and your own niche. And then um, you don't really think about that time when you were out of the kid's life there for a week. Yeah, that's good to hear. How about your uh, day zero versus day one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I go back and forth with this. Like, So if you're writing it down, you write day one, because that's the first day. But if you're saying he's one day old, wouldn't that be the second day? Yeah, it's like a 19th century is the 1800s kind of a situation. Yeah, yeah, kind of. How do you how did you guys do it? Well, I thought of a little bit of a different approach on the decision and that's what if the kid were born at like 11:55 p.m. then would you say day 1 and then 5 minutes later it's day 2, you know? That would be a bit mm. odd because he'd be 10 minutes old and he's on day 2 already. So I thought the day that he's born, you kind of have to call it day zero by default. And then his first full day, then that's day one, you know? Okay. Okay. So a partial day is a non-day. Yeah. But that's his birthday. It is his birthday. So then he would become two or three on that day, not the next day. Yes, but it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like how... 10 is what we consider to be a full set, like 1 to 10. But actually, 10 is like the first digit or the first uh, number in the next set. You know, it's actually 0 to 9 should be how we conceive of numbers, you know? Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. It's day one. When he was born. When he was born, day one. Hey, agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting thought on this in terms of, uh, you know, when the year 2000 was coming around and everybody said, oh, right. it's the new millennium, man. And then <laughs> other people were like, well, no, it's not. It's the last year of the current millennium. And then 2001 will be the new millennium. And so like all of your party favors that say new millennium <laughs> are are wasted. I don't think I remember anything that said new millennium. Everything said Y2K. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Y2K was the concern. Yeah. But like the whole, like just referring to it that way was thought as wrongheaded. But there's Mm. like the strict mathematical interpretation. And then there's the sort of like, yeah, but 1999 switching over to 2000, that's a much bigger deal than 2000 switching over to 2001. For sure. so then you can just just roll with it, man. And there's more of like a, what's like useful socially and what's accurate mathematically are often at odds. So I think we're wading into the same territory with this day zero, day one. Well, I think that that goes that lends itself to your argument that zero is the first because 2000 would be the zero of that counting. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. 1990 would be the zero of that decade. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So in that case, I have to I have to defer my argument to you. I guess it uh, it does make sense. I don't know. <laughs> First day is zero. <laughs> I'm lost as to who's arguing what at this point. I'm uh, putting out ideas with no rhyme or reason. So okay. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, but something just felt wrong about giving him day one status on his on his birthday. You know, I don't know. He hasn't earned it yet. He hasn't earned it. You got to put in your time, kid. That's uh, right. Go get a job. You're out there. Yeah. Uh, get a job and get back to me. Then we'll talk about your day one. Uh, yeah. I constantly say around the house, I can't wait until Nico can do some of this work. You know, like the even tell him like, go put those slippers out in the gank on, you know, soon he'll do it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah yeah within a year but as of now he's he's given me zero and so i'm like no get a job what a slacker uh yeah so here we are um you've got your five day stay now at the house right. by yourself as you've said before you don't have any big plans about what to do but um what are you getting mm. into uh just a couple projects i have a lot of firewood to chop like a whole year worth of firewood to chop. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I can get through that in a week. I think that's optimistic, but we'll see. We'll see how the week goes. It's supposed to be sunny. And uh, besides that, I'm replacing the stereo in my wife's car, which is always a longer project than you expect it to be. That's a lovely thing to keep yourself occupied. And she's not going to be driving. No, exactly. It's perfect time. I have to tear it apart for like three, four days. So... <laughs> I did a radio changeover in my wife's car several years ago, and I wanted to do it while she was out of town on a business trip. Mm. Uh, the only trouble was she drove the car to the airport about uh, you know 45 <laughs> minutes away, and it was in the long-term parking there while she was gone. So I packed up the stuff that I needed, the tools and the new parts and stuff, and I rode my bicycle for a couple hours wow. to that long-term parking. <laughs> And then I realized I'm a foreigner who's like stripping the radio out of a car <laughs> in a parking lot. And it looked highly suspicious. But uh, I finally got it all done, got it all patched up, and then rode my bicycle back home. And then when my wife picked the car up, it it had the new accessories going in there. So That's a nice surprise. It was wonderful. And you didn't get arrested. Yeah, I didn't get arrested. I got a lot of looks, though. A lot of people slowed down because I had the dash off. I had parts everywhere. <laughs> I had like the hatchback open and I was using it to work on stuff. You know, even like if it's your own house and you're doing that stuff in Japan, people are still going to drive by and slow down and be like, what is he doing? Yeah. Because that's just not done here. Like nobody yeah. DIYs their cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I better call the police. But to be yeah. in a long-term airport parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Not in my finest hour. It was a strange move. It worked out in the end. It worked out. That That's it. good. Very high risk maneuver. All right. Well, um, I think one week from now, you'll have a baby in the house. Yeah, I'll be two days with with child. Yeah, and we'll be not with child. That sounds weird. <laughs> you'll be with child. <laughs> There's something you're not telling us. Uh, it's like the movie Junior. It is. I I guess I'm the Danny DeVito, and you're the Schwarzenegger. I mean, by default. Physically, that works out for us, because I think I am twice your size, yeah. almost. Yeah. Man, I'm always the DeVito, never the Schwarzenegger. Well, you are also a new inductee to the Family Album app, and uh, we have befriended one another on this app. So, yeah. Um, is your family taking to it well? And are you sharing a lot of baby photos that way? Yeah, so far it's been like three days of use now. And I think we're 
maybe up to 10 people. I haven't checked, but, you know, kind of a mix of Moe's family, my family, and then our our friends who've kind of we've given the links to like you guys. And uh, yeah, it seems really useful. I'm liking it a lot better than Facebook. Just from like a perspective of like uh, having these photos of my kid out there just Mm -hmm. free for the world to see. I want a Mm -hmm. little bit more privacy. I fully agree. And it seems like a much more kind of closed off world than something like Facebook. Definitely. And it gives you more of a sense of security. And you really do feel like in a way you're kind of just sitting around with your family, sharing the photos, um, you know, in a much more digital distant way, but at least it's more like an email thread that, you know, only your family's seeing. Yeah. And it's better for us, especially being in Japan. And then all of our families in the U S like my family scattered from like Seattle to Pennsylvania. So Mm. I can't just share it to one and then hope they just like show other people on their phones. I got to share it with everybody. So it's a pretty convenient tool. Yeah, that's good. What is the elderliest person you've gotten onto family album? Maybe my dad. Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, <laughs> we've got at least one person on ours in their mid eighties, late eighties. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, so that's a good sign of um, how user friendly it is. I think that yeah. it's not like a young person's app that all the kids get into, but anybody can can deal with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I've looked around your family album, and it's mm. wonderful. Thanks. It's great to see the photos. I was talking to you about it earlier, and uh, my wife was very jealous and ran over because she didn't have the access yet. So that's that how my much, mistake. You know, <laughs> that's just how much people are clamoring <laughs> for family album these days. I recommend it to any any parents out there. Boy, I feel like we should get sponsored. It's been a couple episodes we've been talking about them now. Yeah, we've been really talking them up. Um, The previous iteration of Family Album that I used was called Tiny Beans, and Tiny Beans went Mm -hmm. into a pay model, and I think there was a mass exodus away from it. So Family Album could be on thin ice with us at any moment. They do have the premium that they always have one click away on whatever page you're on, but so far they haven't blocked you from anything that I've noticed. Yeah, upgrade to premium, eh? What I want to do is make use of their albums. Like uh, you can get a physical album, I think. Oh, really? Clicking through your family album photos that you like and then upload them into some sort of uh, file and they'll print you off an album and send it to your house. And I want to do that whole experience and see what kind of products they offer that way. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Moe was really good about doing that for us before. And I think she's going to start making her own for Coda's first year or something. So we ended up getting this, like a, it's baby's first year keepsake box, or I guess baby's first five years keepsake box. And you get this little, it's not really a little box. It's like the size of two shoe boxes almost with different compartments inside that you can put like pacifiers, like socks, booties, things like that, that you want to keep from their first year or so. And then you get a, uh, a book, like a first year memory book that you fill Mm -hmm. in with different things. Like you can write your family tree in here. You talk about their firsts. There's a place to talk about like parents and then like what they did on their first day home, like that kind of stuff. So we are already doing that. 
that's great, especially to keep it all organized in its own yeah. uh, box there, because that sort of stuff is like prime, you know, material to get scattered around and lost exactly. or overlooked or something. Yeah. And you can stick like the ultrasound pictures in there and then you don't have to like worry about like, oh, where did I leave them? Yeah. Umbilical cord. Does that go in there? I mean, you can put it. There's a bunch of compartments in the box. So, yeah, I could fit it in there. All right. Is it a Japanese thing? No, I ordered this. Uh, this one came from America. There's a, there's a bunch of similar ones on the Japan Amazon, but they didn't have a lot of English. Mm, I see. And so that was kind of one of my criteria that I wanted more English. Um, I've never really heard of those boxes. We have some baby books that are more or less like from the city or from the hospital. And it's more about, you know, tracking details and oh. it's less, you know, cutesy. But um, right. it's uh, just about that hard data. And yeah. uh, then we've got like the umbilical cord box separately and that sort of thing. So that's nice hmm. to yeah, pack it all up together. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty useful, I think. I think we can call it there for today, this very yeah. special episode. Yep. No extra segments, no extra foolishness today. We just had to get <laughs> down to brass tacks and share the news that there's a new baby in this world, little Kodakun. So thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at jpopspodcast or by email at info at We will talk to you next time. Later. Later.